number this is going to be. I'm not sure, so I'm not going to announce it. I'm not sure. Right. 65, 66, 67, I don't know. But back for part two. Part two. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. No problem, man. Yeah, so whoever is just getting hit to the to the show, if you go all the way back, Rat Bones was our, technically you were our first real guest. You were episode three. Episode one, we had Mike Scandato on, but he really wasn't like a guest. He just like sat in, like we didn't announce him as a guest. And episode two was a list of hardcore bands or something like that that we all did. We were just feeling things out. And then episode three was you. Wow. So we're up to episode 60-something. So I figured, you know what? I was coming into Manhattan today, and uh, I'm off of work. So I was like, last night, I was like, you know what? Who's in Manhattan that might be around? So it's like, you know what? A little part two of Rap Bones might, might be in order. I mean, you know, it's it's probably about at least 60 episodes have gone by since I had you on. So you forgot uh, about me. It's all right. I didn't, I didn't forget <laughs> about you. Obviously, I didn't forget about you, but, uh, you know, just wanted to. Busy, good. Just, yeah, well, I'm busy, and, and I'm really not in the city too often. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me, uh, let me hit up Rap Bones. And you're like, sure. So I've been walking around the city all day long doing shit. So I figured I'd stop by and say how the hell are you? Let's there. shoot the shit. Let's shoot the shit. How you been, my I'm man? I'm good. I'm good. Good shit. Same shit. Summer's kicking. Summer. Well, summer's almost over, but it's all good. It was fucking brutally hot. It's shitty out today, but this is what we deal with in this city, bro. You know. No doubt. But now, like I said, yes, you you were on episode three. I don't remember exactly, just like you don't remember exactly what we spoke about. So if we, if we go over something that was on episode three, then, you know, who cares? Yeah. You know? So we're going to pretend like, you know, not that that one doesn't exist, but this is an updated version. There we go. we repeat, we repeat. So you know what? I'm not, uh, not going to interview you. I don't do that shit. But I will give you the ball. And uh, right. you're, you're free to ad lib and do whatever the fuck you want. Don't you know, be nervous, Bones. No, I'm not nervous either. <laughs> so you could fucking what start from the beginning. I, mean, I don't know. What do you what think? I'm the, up to, what what I'm you're doing, up to? How, where you've been? Where how, you come from? Where you, you come know, from? People, you know. Listen, people don't know you. Who, uh, uh, yes, there will be people that listen to this who absolutely know you. But there will be the majority of the people that listen to this show who really don't know who you are at all. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there's people really that run life story business on them right you now. You can, yeah. bro. Listen, right. uh, fucking whatever day in 1967, Rat Bones enters the fucking planet, and you know, and what then the next thing you know, they fucking put him in this mess. And there you go. And then you know, Rat Bone contaminates you know, the mean, earth, and, and then things happen from there. Start from the beginning, my man. <laughs> I mean, I could just run it down. I mean, run it down, and we have no map. I say that all the time. If we can go all over the place. 
We can do whatever we want. I mean, I could fill you in on a little of my history about um, from Bricktown, New Jersey. You're not filling me in. You're, hi- you're hip. You're hip born, in the born in Point Pleasant, raised in Bricktown, New Jersey. Right. Off exit 91, and uh, we ran chaos over there. You know, and uh, then I had I had moved very. The the reason I'm in rock and roll in the first place, really, the way I'm so rock ingrained. and roll. I mean, it's punk, it's hardcore, but like I. I don't want to say I'm bigger than that, but I've been around a long, long time. Like, I've seen music evolve, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I just don't listen to music. It's kind of a part of it. It's ingrained in me, you know? And I guess that's well, what I, makes hardcore so cool to all yeah, of us. Yeah, is that yeah, after like a while, a it just becomes who right, you are. Who you Absolutely. Are. But uh, very early, I moved with my brother. Uh, he had a band called Bitch in Detroit. I mean, this is going back to 80. Or 83. So you went from Point Pleasant to Detroit? I, I went from, yeah, Jersey to Detroit to live with my brother. I was having already problems at home, bad kid, what issues, whatever, but stupid stuff. Like, my mom didn't like I was wearing an Aussie shirt. Stupid, regular, dumb shit, you know? She, and, had, uh, she had heat with you wearing an Aussie shirt. I was Aussie shirt. all of that. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. Did we tell the story last time of the whole, like, burning of the heavy metal records of the, the priest? I mean, I don't know if I... I don't remember, but it's a ex- fucking... You know what? Right. Refresh we'll, people's memories. We'll say I'm from an era where, like, I had to hide my Iron Maiden records underneath my mattress and stuff. And one day my mom found, like, my Aussie diary of a mad man and you know, like there's upside down crosses and shit on that cover the hills whatever my iron made a number of the beast record with the devil on and everything and like totally had freaked out and what year is this just to put it in context is this during the whole satanic panic shit yeah like <laughs> early on when number of the beast had just come out yeah. you know like it was 84 right 84. yeah that was a deal <laughs> Or even 83, I don't know. It's foggy. Early I 80s. Know. I don't have the record sitting there, but. Me neither. You know, all I know is, like, she had a priest at the house, and I had to put my records in a garbage can and, like, put lighter fluid on them and burn them in front of the priest with the priest. Really? <laughs> Dude, yes, that's fucking awesome. Burn my heavy metal records. Holy and, like, shit. You know, that's when you're very impressionable, when you're only like 15, 16, you know, you're all open to all that stuff. I would have been listening to Ramones and Plasmatics and Devo at that same time, too, but then I got so ingrained when I moved with my brother into heavy metal. Right. I went the total opposite directions for a few years, which is funny how you always come back to who you really are. Yeah. I was into all that satanic imagery, too. You know, I was into plasmatics and the Ramones. I remember liking right. all that stuff. And right. That, come on, Rock and Roll High School was yeah, on cable. You know? But, uh, so I moved to Detroit with my brother. I'm very young. I'm already in bars and everything, which was pretty cool. Like, I'm a young kid. I'm living this life. And uh, I was his roadie, his pyrotechnician for his band, Halloween. They were called Bitch. And the first Halloween, I got to see them the first my initial landing in Detroit was them playing on Halloween night, changing the name from Bitch, because there was another heavy metal band of this broad with handcuffs and all this shit, uh-huh. and that was Bitch. So they had to change their name from Bitch, and they changed it to Halloween on Halloween night at midnight, and like my brother did all the heavy metal Alice Cooper gig Uh like it was their own thing I I never know how they didn't get huge like they are huge in their own right because now in this day and age they got like 13 or 14 records out they never gave up they're still a thing from Detroit they still put out a record and they play they're playing this Halloween 
you know, with their big stage show. And I'll never forget, it used to take us like four hours to set up the stage show. Like, we would bring in. You big, were the pyrotechnic I was man? their pyro guy. Used what to the make, fuck did you do? We could really break it down and say, oh, break it down. We got How did you make to explosives to be able to go off on I used stage? To take, uh, we used to take. Uh, <laughs> I'll break it down. We used to take uh, a little piece of like a. Uh, Plywood, <laughs> cut it in a square. Take Maxwell House, the big Maxwell House coffee cans. Yeah. Pop a little hole in the bottom of it. You run two screws up through the board. You take a fucking uh, a lamp cord. You cut it off. You attach it to the two screws on the bottom. Boom! You take a little filament. You, you strip your wires, and you have filaments. I used to have them in the little secrets box. I used, you know, I used to do <laughs> air bursts. I used to do all these pyrotechnics. I shouldn't give away the pyrotechnic secrets, right? Well, uh, this is this is like gorilla fucking yeah. So anarchist cookbook. We, we would go, we would go to the fucking gun range and buy the gunpowder and everything. Big, you know, cans of gunpowder and uh -huh. shit. So uh, I used to burn curtains at the big Harpos in Detroit, like the big places where like the big WLLZ would be having the show at Harpos and yeah. My brother's band would be opening for like Rat or Queensryche or whatever band was, you know, was big. Uh -huh. They were big time. In the I'm day. a fan of Rat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, whatever. You used to make the flash pots. You take your little filament and you wrap that around the. You set up all your all your flash pots around first, you know, and then uh -huh. you fucking put all your filaments on. You test them, make sure they all pss, pop right. And the, they're simple, man. They just throw the shit in there, and then when the fucking part comes, you know the flames are coming. Fucking plug. And I used to have <laughs> like plug it look, in, and then in the beginning, the when, when in the beginning we didn't even have no board. I just had like a thing of all these electric cords <laughs> next to me with the tape on it that said what it was, what song it was in. Oh shit! I mean, my brother used to get out a flash, a flash. Uh, wall would go off on the top of a coffin and then my brother would get out of the coffin with the light cut. They were cool. You know, that was cool for of a 16-year-old kid. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's pretty so, inventive. I mean, that that's how you come back into punk is like, then we started getting too wild listening to Venom and Slayer. They were listening to Striper. We were listening to like Exodus, Bonded by Blood and like all that stuff and like, you know, then, uh, oh, I'll tell the incident how I got kicked out of my brother's band. I love them all. They're still my brothers. Duh. So, uh, me and this guy, Holland Guy, we used to call him Snake. He actually joined the band because he had a Burmese python, and my brother used... You know, he took every trick from every other band, or whatever they did, he'd do it too. Like, he put it all together, and it's fabulous. Uh, he had the one snake bitch that was a 17-foot reticulated python well this guy snake was this red haired guy and he had a big red burmese python like 16 foot right. so like just to use the python in the show he was allowed to come <laughs> move in the basement with us and be a roadie like that's how you know you just did what you did at yeah. that age everybody was together having fun so anyway he had the gold trans am the fucking the Burt Reynolds Trans Am, the Smoky and the Bandit Trans, but it was in rest gold. Rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, the Bandit. So uh, these kids threw rocks or something at his car when we were coming back from something, and we're right on our block, too. And uh, he, he ran over some garbage cans chasing the kids on their bikes, and, and when he caught the one kid, like, the kid got stuck in between the fence and the bike, and instead of us, like, backing up, Holland just, like, gave the kid a... Little yeah. edge, and it pushed the kid through the fence and like cut his leg and everything. Oh, shit. So like we had all this heat coming down from the police about the what we were doing there, right? <laughs> testing pyrotechnics in the yard on the weekend and stuff, and setting up the full stage show and yeah. like maniacs. So uh, so they finally kicked me out of there, bro. 
And that was probably, I think that was like the last straw, that, you know? Yeah. Me and Holland got kicked out of the band. And that's like where I really, I don't even know how I transitioned. I, I, that part is so lost that I wouldn't even know how I transitioned back into punk. And yeah. I think I might have come home even and tried. I think I made, that's when I came home and then I did meet all the, the lethal aggression guys and the social decay crew. But, you, like, but, when, you came, but when, you, when you came back, you, you didn't go back to Point Pleasant. Well, no, I was in Tom's River when I came back. From okay, well, it's that. not that far from there. No, it's the same. I was a East Shore Corps kid. I'm just like, right. uh, I did link up. I mean, I don't know. I was really getting into punk, man. Who, who? I, I get. I guess I had an ex girlfriend. I think that that the, like we were off and on. I think when I got kicked out of the band's house, I lived with her. But like, these are like such crazy times. Like even as a metalhead, oh, like yeah. I had like. A thousand hits of double barrel mescaline in my pocket all Oof. the time, like, and I'd be, you know, this is be when the fun, happy drugs were still around. You didn't really know I it was like a bad those. time yet at all. You were just living, having a great time. Yeah. And like, it was a shocking thing if you seen someone even do like a line back then to me. Like I was a little kid still, yeah. rock and roller. But uh, I think I lived with this bar, and she she worked at this place, Todd's. And she stripped up the road, and she'd come back from Todd's, and then I remember. She was dating some other whatever. That's what bros do at that age, right? Yeah, and I was chasing a, her. I started stripper. chasing her to Todd's, and then I started like going to Todd's too. I think, and then like hanging out, and then I got into a lot of punk rock out there. But then when I came back, I was hanging out with Son of Sam and this band Heresy from Detroit. I always love the name of that band, Son of Sam. Yeah, Son of Sam, which uh, Lacey, Lacey from name. Son of Sam still has 2-4, two, front 2-4-2, two, two, something like that. Badass, fuck you, punk rock band. Front 2-4-2? Two, two? No, not... Let's... We're in Rappos' house, so he's looking over yeah, at the archives. I got notes. You got notes? You have a display? What is it called? Front 242, I've heard of them. I think I even seen them at like one of the Lollapalooza. It's Detroit 422 or something like that. Oh, so I don't know. Yeah, it's Detroit 442. Detroit 442. Detroit 442 is like the singer of Son of Sam's new band. Like, you know, that was when punk was dirty still. It was fun, you know. Like, you were a mess everywhere you went. It was kind of fun, you know. I think it's a little, you know, it is what it is now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I came back from Detroit on one run, something. Whatever, break up with a girl, you'd come back to where you know you're home, sick, come back to Jersey. So I came back, and I, and the, the first time I met the boys in Social Decay and uh, the Lethal Aggression crew, it was like this. I was staying at my mom's, and my mom didn't like the way I looked. Again, the priest again. That was, this is, let's see, you remember this shit. Well, this how old were you at this point? Did you come home with tattoos? Probably 16 or 17. I hadn't had tattoos yet. None I had, yet. I had gave myself two tattoos at that point. I had a rat loves a girl's name. I'm not even going to say it no more. Right. It's not worthy. Right. But I had a big it's, tattoo. Yeah. That was always asking who was she. All the girls would have to ask, oh, right? Okay. So I had the tattoo. And I had uh, a skull on my hand. Looks like the overkill skull mask. Yeah, it didn't have the wings yet. This this oh, comes God. into the story right now, though. <laughs> okay. It got the wings right now. It was coming up where the wings came from. <laughs> so when I got here, I was probably at my mom's trying to lay in the back room all day, watch TV, and not do nothing. So she was like, get out of here. So I linked up with these kids in, like, Howl or something. They were, It was uh, Adrenaline Overdose, Hogan's Heroes, Social Decay... 
And a couple of the bands, I can't remember all the bands. Right. All those bands are great from back in that era, you know, because it was all, that's when we were all 16. Just yeah. pure energy, you know. So I meet all these guys, and I'll never forget, I met them at the show. I had, like, my big leather on already. They were just, you know, punking out. We, everyone was yeah. getting that vibe. But there was more of a Jersey look, like regular jeans and flannel shirts and white sneakers. It mm -hmm. wasn't like I was the one that had like the, the combat boots on and the fucking plaid pants and the crazy punk rock look. And Did you have the fucking mohawk? I had, I had my nose pierced, freshly nose pierced, and I had a green mohawk that was all messed up and had like... I chopped it all up wrong, so I had like Liberty Spikes in the front and then a mohawk in his eye. His like the show. punk rock version of a mullet, right? Like, nice. <laughs> but whatever, I thought it looked cool. It did look cool. If I look at those pictures now, I'm pretty bugged out. But I met all these guys, and I had known the singer of Lethal Aggression from my neighborhood because we both lived in Brick, so we seen each other at like fairs or whatever. You know, I gotta say, John Saltarelli, rest in peace, man. Yes. My brother, you know, like that's one of the kids I. I seen it like the fair one time because he had like red converse on like the, the ch I'll be that honest it's just yeah. like the first time you see a cool kid yeah. or you know you get left back and there's that one kid that's already got a mustache and shit he sits <laughs> yeah. in the back and he's got hair on his chest already yeah. but you don't know then he got left back three times but right. he's like that cool kid of that's course. how salt was to me like I seen him and it was like when I saw the Fonz for the first time yeah. again in a person I could know now you know so, and me and Saul, she's the trader, hit parade of magazines, circus magazine, and the hallways of the high school. So I knew that kid already. And then uh, I met them all that night. And I don't know, we just got all drunk at some kid's house. Like, that, that's when, like, you drank, like, four or five fifths of alcohol between, like, six dudes. Though. We got hammered. Of course. Dudes puking on the lawn, passed out of their shorts out front. It was nuts. And uh, the next day, teenage the next day I, went out, I went to Seaside Heights. And, like, that's, like, if you would look like that back then, everyone messed with you. Everyone called you names, threw shit at you, sometimes threw water on you. Like, mm -hmm. if you had a mohawk looking like that. And, like, what is it, 84 or 85? I want to say 85, 86. Okay. So, the next day, I Damn, meet, I was like 10 or I meet Tommy Southern, Dave Johnson, rest in peace. All my friends are rest in peace, right? Yeah, Fucking I have, Dave I have Johnson, too. Dave Gutierrez, Saltarelli, this kid Tom Ritchie, all these Jersey kids I met at the boardwalk, and uh, we all got dusted at Oof. the beach. And that was it. After that day, I don't even think, see, I met Dusted Dave. at the beach? We all met Oof. vaguely there, get it? Uh -huh. At that time. Yeah. But then later, like, there's another story. The first time I really met Dave Gutierrez, when Dave Gutierrez was... They were mixing up bands back then. I think him and John were getting together to redo Lethal because John and Rob DeFroge used to fight so much. Like, there's whole Lethal Aggression stories that are long, yeah. man. Like, there's so much... And if anyone who's listening and aren't hip to fucking Lethal Aggression, you, you need to fucking look them, them up. Out. They're on YouTube. You can <laughs> find Lethal Aggression shit. It's fucking... It's filthy shit, bro. Yeah. And, uh... I mean, I'll plug in a little while. I'll plug a couple bands at the end. I got a couple friends I can plug. Do you think? I don't but, give a fuck. Uh, I'm sitting here listening to you. Hanging with those guys. That that the one time I came, I had I used to wear like I used to live in Seaside Heights. I lived in a hotel, like I owned the welfare or whatever back then. I was living in a hotel, and uh, I lived right across from the police station. This one time in the hotel, and. Uh, 
I would meet up with those guys. And one time I went over to Salt's was getting a hotel because that was the hip thing he did in the summertime. You know, everyone had like little rooms all over Seaside. You could go. There was a whole circuit, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I had a spit. I was so punk rock. I had a spit wall in my hotel room. Like everybody knew, like someone was leaning on that wall. We'd all be laughing at them because we knew that was the hocker wall. Like, that's oh my spit god! On the wall. Oh, you're like a bunch of we fucking dirtbags. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, uh, I go over to Sotorelli's room and I'm knocking on the door and like the managers all come out and like people jingling keys coming towards me and asking me who I am and what I'm doing and like Saul opens up the door and he like comes out and he's like has to explain to them what's his friend and everything <laughs> and like I come in and, and him and Dave are sitting on the bed like I think that was the the initial Dave joining Lethal like that's that long ago when right. Dave joined Lethal and uh, I didn't know none of that then but I'll never forget like even to this day Dave will be like oh I'll never forget the first time I met you man you look like I had like a a, a baby hanging from a noose like a baby doll but a small one nice. with blood coming off it like all my leather uh-huh. and, like just all spikes I used to use carpet tacks as, as spikes as like real nails and shit uh-huh. so it was very you know because people forget it wasn't a look back then as much it wasn't just fashion it was right. function I had spikes in case I got into a fight and dudes tried to grab me yeah you can't grab her. it's like grabbing yeah. the pork like that used to be the joke in Detroit don't hit rap ones you know people hit you on the shoulder when they say hi to you yeah if you hit me on the shoulder you literally could get like impaled through your hand and yeah. big long uh, grandma curtain hangers with oh, those sharp barbs they used to decorate oh, no the whole shit. leather I sold that leather for drugs later on man I always regret that because like yeah you know like I see the fashion world out there now and it's like imagine if I just pretend that I was punk rock for the weekend right just designed uh, took house paint and painted on pants like I would have done if that's all that was available if I had green pants a want for something that color was in front of me it didn't matter what kind of paint it was right. now I'd be all like trying to find the right yeah. it's all been done it's, you know it's not as fun yeah but uh, anyway getting back to my best friends in Jersey <laughs> the fucking TR crew Tom's River Island Heights crew well, this is TR where crew. this is uh, not the I, TR crew the, we, <laughs> and we got that even though it was Tom's River we got that from we all seen suburbia together like 20 kids like that's a different vibe than just now you want to get into something you go check it out for yourself like we were 20 nomads in a room and we saw this movie and we've realized like yo there's a whole world of us out there people that are thinking like us like early on we felt so alone and alienated because you know everyone I mean guys listen to goth too back then because their girlfriends all listen to it so that whole culture of like right. now you'd make fun of that but the, everyone knew the Bauhaus and Bella Lugosi's like the, the certain stuff that was just like all there was one large family instead of any segregated genres of music going on it was right. like a freak show back then I mean those times were good I like reminiscing about them of course man yeah I fucking so many times I fucking uh, I'll be you know interviewing somebody well interview you know, talking to somebody or just even the ones that I did of myself you know it's like just talking about that old shit man it's like I don't know man I mean I just turned fucking 43 and it's it's it, sometimes like I'll sit back and I'll actually get like a little upset you know what I mean like certain things and certain times and certain people like 
That's all long gone, yeah. man. Like that will, no matter how much you. T- I mean, talking about it is the closest thing you're going to get to doing that again. It's just like right. this, you know, time and place and situations. I and mean, our kids. Let's put it this way, ready? I'll ask like, a question instead of let's interview. Let's ask questions about how things are. Kids still ruining Thanksgiving dinner to go see suicidal tendencies because they couldn't miss seeing suicidal tendencies. Probably not. Like, it's more of like going to the movies now the way it's become. It's like already planned. The parents probably don't even think it. Like, for me, my parents are wondering why I was doing these things. Like, what was wrong with me? Right. When I, you know, there actually was nothing wrong with me except I had an open mind at an early age enough to, like, break... You know, I got the... I lived a rough life and I had a hard time struggling back up just to even break even and get sure. where I can live now and be Same normal. Here. Same here. But to live that life once, to live that Mad Max life that other people dream or they think it's they're true. cool trying to look like it or dress like it or talk like they yeah. did something they didn't do. Well, the best is like when Done people talk about, oh yeah, I've been bad. there. No, you aren't. You like, did. you aren't there. Like, stop it. <laughs> oh, I was at that show. No, you weren't. Because if you do the math, if you crunch your numbers, you must have been seven years old. Like, right, you weren't there. Right. Like, stop it. You get those people. Ridiculous. If I wasn't there, nah, man, I wasn't there. I wish I would have been. I don't know right. why I wasn't there. But, nah, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. But, nah, I wasn't there. You know, I don't claim to know people that I don't know. I don't claim to, you know, it's like, my story's my fucking story. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, so, so wow, man, it's... it's Saltarelli's gone for how long now, man? Uh, it's already coming up two, two years? years, two years, two years almost. Yeah, I mean that was a mind blower right there. I mean that's the thing. Call your friends, man. Tell your brothers that you love them and shit because because your birthday and show. I st- you still don't. It, you you t- you know everyone's living their life like oh everything you know no one's waiting. For you to come see them or be with them again, like they're not just there for your entertainment. People, it's important. Life and connections are a lot more important than uh, I think we realize. Takes all, you know. You got to get up there to realize that kind of deep. What what I think, what what I think was cool is that the birthday show that that we put together for you with Cold as Life and and all that, and that was the last time. Lethal Aggression played. They yeah. Called, they well, called as a matter it, of fact... They called it 100% quits after that because yeah. they wanted to do it for your I, birthday. I, I was going to say I'll pitch this guy his little thing here because Dave's my homie. Go ahead, But man. I just found out recently... Dave Gutierrez? Dave Gutierrez. Gutierrez, that, uh, Gutierrez. Started with... Uh, he had the band... Uh, his best band to me really is Total Fucking Noise, TFN, with uh, Lunkhead. And I don't know the other guys, but this I remember... These are all Jersey guys? Yeah, this is Jersey. This is like when... Stickman first started hanging with us all. He had the band uh, Locked Up in Life back then. Yo, you know, those times are fun. We were on a lot I'm, of drugs, I'm, but... I, I remember the, Yeah, the Locked, locked up, up in Life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Dave Gutierrez is my brother. Uh, his birthday just passed. Happy birthday, Dave. But uh, he's got a new band that's been not really not new, really, anymore. It's been out. It's on uh, Trip Squad Records, okay. Tim McMurdle's... Uh, Label, and uh, it's called Dare Dispa Dare It means okay. You know, Disparadicio. Uh, actually, I believe uh, Kenny Lund, the original good drummer of uh, Lethal Aggression, is now. So 
I mean, that's not Lethal Aggression, it's a new band, but that's like in the same vein of that kind of music, thrash core, deeper thrash, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're dropping another record, I don't know the date, yeah, if but you, it's coming If you want to follow Keep... this band, Desperadicio, they're on Facebook at Paradise of Despair. There's uh, DesperadicioBandCamp.com. And Desperadicio on Instagram. D-E-S-P-A-I-R-A-D-I-S-I-O. Alright. Fucking check it out. I never heard of him, but now I'm going to have to check it. See that rap on? You fucking hit me this year. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, we get the inside track. I mean, back in the day, I'll never forget. You know the special moments in hardcore? They're like the special moments. They yeah. could be anything. That's well, the of beauty course. of this whole thing. It ain't just always in the pit when it opens. No. Beautiful. I love it when that happens, too. But it, sometimes it's about like... Yeah, I used to be the guy that, like, Roger Murray would make sure I got, like, the when one voice was dropping, like, six or seven months before it dropped, I got the blue cassette from Roger Murray out, and, like, I seen him in Staten Island hanging out with Stigma at some other fucking weird, uh, Billy from the Psychos was playing, we were at Neary's or something, there's all these white power skinheads there, it was crazy, that was a weird night. Yeah, I can but, imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's when everything was weird. Everything was dangerous, you know? But I'll never forget how, like, important I felt that, like, yeah. the singer of AF made sure that Rapples had the new fucking one voice. On a blue, blue cassette On tape, a blue though. cassette. It was like a demo type thing. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, I'm sure that still goes on with this gen. I'm sure. I hope they're doing that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, but I mean, cassette tapes nowadays. I mean, they came back, but I don't know why people make cassette tapes. It, it ain't about feeling down. It's about feeling, like, respected that the guy, like, values my opinion as much as I jock him like oh, I didn't realize that dude. then but you see that now like the respect there is on yeah, such a man. high level that you know that's why I like being part of this thing at the end of the day yeah yeah absolutely man I mean I don't know there was times when I mean I've said this uh, fucker ad nauseum it's like there was a certain time when I was in this when I was in the military where I was kind of out because I just wasn't in New York I was in fucking New Mexico or Alaska or Texas or something you know in the military it wasn't like I was seeking out, this is before the internet and all that shit, so I wasn't fucking going to see fucking AF in fucking Clovis, New right. Mexico, where there's right. like 50 people in the town besides the Air Force Base, you know, but then once I came back, it's like, you know, there's another little certain time where I kind of wasn't, I was listening to a lot of hip-hop, just some, the certain people, certain friends of mine who I was hanging out with, and then one day I was walking past Coney Island High. And just so happens, I guess it was a Sunday, I looked over at the fucking marquee, the little billboard outside of who was playing. Fucking Leeway was playing. I fucking walked in. I was, I was like, you know what? I'm back in this. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I guess it was just my path of life right. or whatever. It wasn't like I wasn't going on purpose. It was just whatever was going on was going on. Right. And I walked back in there and I fucking watched Leeway play. And I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm fucking back in. I mean, I can't be so jaded that I can't remember, like... When I was locked up in the 90s, the early 90s, like, I would sit and I did, like, eight months back-to-back one yeah. in the early 90s there. Then I came out. That's when the real, like, the crackbone stories all started, the St. Mark's living and all that stuff started. But I'll remember... I don't sitting, know about that. Do you want to talk about I'll that I'll shit? talk about some of that, but I, I like, I was, the, the point I was making is, like, crackbone. I'm not too big to say, in the 90s, I still would have sat... And every show, I'd get the voice in jail and be sitting there. And every show I was missing, I'd be, like, checking off, wishing I could get out for this next... Maybe uh, I'll get out by this next one. That's and, the only and, reason and why that, I would have a great Village shows, Voice. You know? The Village Voice had those... those not all the way in the back, but before the back, there was, like, that fucking yeah. six or eight pages that's of right. fucking listings of all the shows going on. It's the only reason why I would ever pick that thing up. 
Fucking I mean, awesome. I, I could break down the real how the St. Mark's went down. I mean, I yeah, was living with a girl in Jersey City. I was living actually... Time frame, this year right, 90, let's say 90... Let's say 90, 91. Okay. I came back from Detroit. I was living with this broad I was dating in Detroit. And she was a pain in the ass, like always getting me arrested and... Just doing shady shit, taking all the money and not. So she was her. a snitch. She'd call the cops on you. Yeah, all the time. Oh, there was serious. Up. There was serious shit. Whatever. I won't elaborate on these people anymore. In my right. life. But right. I'm just saying, <laughs> I had a bad ass problem with this broad, or whatever. So fucking, <laughs> we're in the middle of breaking up somehow, but we got back together. She was staying with uh, Ray B's over in Jersey City, and I started living in Jersey City up there with them because we'd, like, we'd be so back and forth. I got back into the place with them. Right. And then uh, we had our own place, but I'd always be getting locked up behind her, like stuff would happen. I'd go away, and then more stuff would happen, and we'd get back together, and we'd be fighting. It was nuts, you know. Like that's chaos. Yeah, so that's just your whole life at that point. Everything was chaos. No one, right? Who cares? But uh, so one night, I, she kicked me out, whatever, and I'm walking, and I went to the city instead of staying around because I was getting high back then. Obviously, if I had a problem, I'd just go out and get high for a couple of days. Like, yeah. that's like a reason to go kill myself and just sit around, and get right. you know, go nuts. So one time, I just instead of doing that, I came to New York, and uh, I was walking on St. Mark's, and it was pouring fucking rain. I'll never forget. It was pouring fucking rain, and I looked at like. A group of like six squatter kids were like down the steps in like the door area for a store. Right. They were like the water was rushing by them. Their feet were getting wet. They were uh, all wet. Okay. I was like, "There's no way." I got duffel bags in my hand. Like I have nowhere to go again. I'm not going to go back right now. I'm going to wind up getting locked up or whatever. I'm going to stay here. So I looked up and there was an awning. And I saw this light above the awning just went like a halo around the whole awning. Like, ah, oh, this is where you could be, my man. And, like, the light went off of my head like, yeah. So I threw my bags up there. I wound up later on getting a mattress up on top of there. Is it like, an awning? An awning on St. Mark's. I lived in the awning. Fuck it's actually here. right above Gem Spa, right at 2nd and St. Mark's. There was a video game there. There was that deli and... Dude, crate. I lived in that thing for like. I, Jimmy actually picked me up one day. Jimmy who? Jimmy Jake? Gestapo. Well, I was gonna go on tour with them. Then I wasn't. Then I was like, because I was all a mess. I couldn't get ID. Everything. That whole tour was Shabbat. I think I said about the. I think we might have talked about the story about the ID the last time. I won't Probably. tell it again. And the Murphy's little belt buckle. I think I might have told it already. Okay. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Jimmy just pulls up, and I'm just standing there. That's the tell. It's all messed up, you know. I mean, one night there, I'll tell that story later. So Jimmy pulls <laughs> up and takes me on tour during that whole time. Maybe, right, so wait, wait, hold on, you, hold on. You, 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 you got to back up for a second. Story. You got to back up for a second. You were living on an awning. On top. In, inside, it was like a box, a metal box that opens up with that rolling gate. Oh, okay. So it was like that was coming out this way, okay. and then a, a thin one went the other way. I could fit two or three people up in my awning. I have someone sleeping <laughs> I could in the bad spot. Up in my awning. <laughs> yeah, I was living. I thought I had a spot on St. Mark's, like a condo, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you're chilling. So, uh, That's so Jimmy does crazy. take me on tour. I, I will explain. You know, I hate to tell these kind of stories, but I'm going to break this one down. 
drugs are so bad. One time, my man, my man came up there. I ain't gonna say his name. Let's put. Let's keep. Yeah, up we, we, we don't have to a really good names. friend, a prominent person in the scene, like a big band, okay. came up there to hang with me, and okay. they were so disappointed. Like they took, they want, they were acting like they were gonna get high with me and everything, and they took their hit, and they like dropped it down i found it later like yeah. that's how crazy you are like i found it later and realized they lied to me and they did they just wanted to see me do that you know right. and we both spray painted up there and shit i thought like my friend came to visit me and all like i was doing really bad you know yeah, yeah. like not knowing it yeah and one night one night the uh the dealers come running by and I, I see lights start flashing. I hear a bunch of people. Eh, eh, and I look down and I see the dealer run by and throw something down. So I climb down real quick and I get the, the package. I don't even know what, but I just seen something. I can't got it. I come back up. Cop comes there with the light flashing. Oh, I'm laying down in the back of the awning, like hoping they don't see me. Everybody takes off. All the noise settles down. All of a sudden, someone comes back. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I know you got my shit. Blah, blah, blah. If I find you, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to kill you. Blah. Then I'm like up there bugging. I'm like, yeah. but I got the whole package. So, yeah, after a little while, he got away. I started getting high all night. But this is where the story ends, kids. This is why it's no good to do. This is why it's a horrible thing to live like that. As good as that night was, that I sat up there all night doing that. In the morning, it still ended with me having my little tiny situation that I had to do my thing with. Yes. I don't want to say the word, even people. I know what it is. But I had something. I have to say it eventually because I'm going to tell the story real. So I got my lighter, and I'm doing my last hit. I got like three hits left. I've been blazing all night, blowing out the whole street coming out of that awning probably all night it was like 50 or 60 hits in there what the guy threw so all night I smoked to like 6 and I got 2 hits left and I'm taking a nice hit and I look and my lighter like blows up in my hand and like the light the light the flame goes shooting out yeah. and I'm looking like fuck I got no lighter now how am I going to finish this yeah. and as I'm looking at the pipe in my hand it's glass. It explodes. Boom. And then I got nothing, right? I got two uh, hits left, right? So after all that fun, all that night, not being bothered, getting high, doing blast after blast, I still had to come down, find some crackhead bitch to fucking lend me the pipe to get high. And then, like, as I'm trying to take the hit, she's pulled. Like, it was grimy back in the yeah. day these kids are doing drugs now do them in the corner in the club oh, yeah, and they pop a nice little pill. or they share it or whatever yeah, they do it no, the was grimy back then like yeah. I still wound up after all that living large what I thought was living large living I still large wound up at the bottom of the barrel with grimy cracker trying to take half the shit and then not even let me get my last hit where she's trying to steal the crack pipe back so she can run off is like and I still was empty handed in the morning uh, so that's why drugs are bad you know yeah, like, man. I know firsthand. I usually don't like to tell those stories really I do have a son now right. you know he ain't gonna listen to this podcast probably you know but you know one day I'll have to tell him hopefully he's never struggling with drugs and alcohol problems and I won't have to really 
to elaborate on that, you know, right. like when I was younger, when I first, when when he was younger, when I first had him, I literally thought in my brain like about the tattoos and everything. I would just tell him like, "Yeah, Daddy, when he was 18, ran off and joined the carnival one year, and nice. I got all tattooed up." So yeah. he don't have to know no. what kind of lifestyle goes. Like no. it's cool. It's Eventually like, he like, will. Yeah, but it's just like before before we even were, you know we we're, were only talking. on the Pokemon right now. You know, exactly. I just want to stay at that exactly. level. Exactly. It's like son, before you know? before we started talking, before I pressed record, we were talking. It's like you know, my daughter has asked me certain things. I'm not thinking about tattoos, but like. You know, oh, daddy, like, like, he did, did you ever get drunk before and stuff like that? I'm not going to lie to her, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to tell her dirty details and craziness, yeah, but yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I've done some really stupid things. And, you know, your dad was a little bit of a maniac. She's like, yeah, but you're still a maniac, but in a good way, dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that was one of my clean stories right. that I just told. That was one of the cleaner <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not going to tell her all these little details and shit, but, like, if she asks me certain things, I'm not going to lie to her or hold it back. I'm like, yeah, you know, I did these things, and I did stupid shit, and, you know, and she sees how I am now, and she she kind of looked at me like, wow, you got drunk before? Like, she has no idea. Like, she can't picture me drinking. You know what I mean? Right. She can't, you know, so... She she was just like wow she's like oh, yeah. and then she'll tell me she's like I'll never I'll never smoke I'll never do drugs right. or drink like, I'm like I hope so the fact I'm like, I hope right. so like I tell her all the time like <laughs> I don't tell her all the time but whenever something like that comes up it was like I like that would make me really happy right. you know if you never smoked a cigarette or did drugs or drinks she's like nah dad she's like I would never do any of that like I don't want to she's like drunk people are annoying I'm like you know what you're right well you know what it is with me too about that whole. I don't really talk about that anymore because it's like baggage I don't have with me. So why right. bring it up or talk about it? Right. But sometimes no, I'm gotta, saying like if she asks tell me, all right? Yeah, if she asks me, I'm not gonna hold it back. I'll you know I'll tell her, but like I said, like, I'm not gonna get into crazy details and shit. I mean, you, know? you don't realize you're chasing something when you're chasing something. It's a dog chasing its own tail. That whole scene. It's yeah. just like now I have so much time on my hands to like do my projects or yeah. invest in myself. What I'm doing for myself nowadays. It's just Same here, man. Ones. Yeah. Same here. It's like so. I don't miss that shit at all, man. At all. Getting high and drinking and shit, I don't miss any of that shit, bro. I mean, I can still mess myself up at a hardcore show, you know? Going to hardcore, I get... Well, yeah, well, look at your profile picture on Facebook. You have your fucking bleeding head. Oh, if in case anyone cares, I'm all right, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. uh, All the fan mail I've gotten, all the concern, thank you so much. Uh Uh-huh. But, uh, and honestly, my hand is just... Just now, like, I can make the fist, like, uh, the knuckles started popping, so, like, my hand... Oh, you fucked your hand up at the ball ball also? The whole thing, I think, happened right then. But what happened? I was... What band? I was, you know, kind of doing my thing, mingling too much that day, like, and I didn't even realize Judge was playing, and then all of a sudden, it, like, dawned on me, like, yo, this is what I came for, like, what am I doing? And sometimes I get uncomfortable at a show, I gotta admit, so it's like... It's not a job for me to go. I'm not saying it like that. Like, oh, I don't want to go. But <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us all the guys sometimes to perform in a way that we know has to go down. So sometimes I do it. I'm not going to lie. You like, got to represent. I can't help it. I'm not doing it for me as so much as I'm doing it for the people. Yeah, and every single and time, time I see you at a show, you're like, nah, I'm retired. When the people don't know and then how to help you. And then your Adidas is in my mouth, like, all the but, time. Uh, this time, I don't know. I was getting a good crowd flow going. Right. It was cool. They were playing. Oh, the best part of that night for me was Porcelli held my hand. 
you know, no homo. Porcelli, like, was playing guitar and had my hand clutched. And we were, like, vibing, staring at it. Like, that's why I go to see those kind of bands. Like, because they ain't just a memory to me. They're, like, tangible now. Like, it's a reality we're still living. It's still your life you're fighting for and all that stuff they're talking about means something to us, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, so I was crowd floating, whatever, with that Porcelli moment. But it was a good one. And, uh... Their crowd floated me, and all of a sudden, like the whole crowd kind of nudged me one whole way, and I went past the perimeter of the activity, so to speak, you know, like to the people who were like sitting on their phones, and some girls had drinks in their hands, and I just seen like they weren't going to catch me, and as I was trying to turn to like get myself down, my body came down too fast, and there's like a ledge all the way down the wall of that uh, that bar. Okay. So I don't just like that venue. You could just sit your drink on it. It's only that like three inches out of the wall. That's all you need. So it just whacked my back of my head, and it was funny because I gotta say I milked it a little bit. You know, I'm glad I did now. <laughs> but uh, I went, did. I put duct tape on my head, right, and I came right back to Dude, the front. Dude, there's a picture like, floating around. I got around. the duct tape on. I'm feeling stupid because I'm like, this no, even no, like it's a because I'm looking through all your shit last night looking for the flyer that's for this episode. <laughs> And I'm looking, I'm looking, and there's a huge picture from the black and blue ball, and you're tagged in it. So I didn't see you, so I had to, like, put the mouse up to your name in order for the bot. And I see you, and you see, like, half of your head. It looks like you have, like, a fucking a, a duct tape bandana. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, we got duct tape. This is after the fucking incident, but so still I, at the show I with will, duct tape I will right admit, head. like, I had the duct tape on, and, like, I was feeling uncomfortable with the That's duct tape awesome. on my head, first of all. Like, looking like a geek. I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Yeah, your rap and then I was like, you head. know what? I go, blood and duct tape I got to get this fucking thing off. And then I took it off, and I felt that it was still bleeding. So I was like, you know what? We might as well go for ours now. Why not? Get a picture photo op going. And those pictures came out great. So Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I mean, sometimes yeah. you got to hit your head. And sometimes you got to hit your fucking head there. It's hysterical. So, right. Yeah. But see, that's the greatest thing. Most people have something like that happen to them. Everyone was all worried about me. I was like... Yeah, uh, you know, like, plus you sweat. Plus it's on your it head. No different than anything no. else that was and going on. And it's on your head, so it bleeds more. Plus you're sweating, so it looks like more. Everyone relax. Rap balls is fine. It was great. Yeah, now I, I don't like that venue. I'm not a fan of that venue at all. There's something good coming there too. Uh, bold. What? What's coming? I just seen it, man. I, don't I even think know. it's Brooklyn. I, I mean, I'll go that the show is right. What was announced, though, is... I will announce it right now. Um, yeah, this will be out before uh, before the show happens. But if, uh, you know, every, everyone should know, but if you don't know that, that uh, Jimmy G from Murphy's Law was in the hospital for a while and... Get better, Jimmy! And he was all fucked up. I think he's doing a lot better now, but, you know, still. You know, this is one thing that I tried to do as far as doing benefit shows and helping, and it's just—it's not just me. I mean, this is, this has been going on forever, and um, so there's been um, you know little snippets here and there. People saying that there's going to be a benefit show for Jimmy at Tompkins Square Park. So I'll announce it right there. It's a benefit show in support of Jimmy G. Murphy's Law, September 29, 2018, at one o'clock in Tompkins Square Park, New York City. Um, it's uh, Black and Blue Productions, along with the New York the New York Hawker Chronicles, who's Drew Stone, present. It's the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Sheer Terror, 
Killing Time, Combust, plus more guests to be announced. But, um, come to the fucking show, donate, whatever. And then if you go to, it's gofundme.com slash Jimmy G Benefit. Yeah, this is, uh, just listen close. It's Jimmy dash G dash Benefit dash W dash Boss Tones dash AMP dash more. But I'm sure that if you go to GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy G or Jimmy G Benefit, you'll find it in order to donate to come to the show. Like I said, it's a fucking dope show, man. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Sheer Terror, Killing Time, Combust, and then other people are going to be announced. But you could also um, find it on Facebook. Just type in uh, Benefit for Jimmy G and it'll, uh, you know, it'll come up. So support that, you know, and I've said it all the time, like Jimmy G is a fucking great guy. He helps people out. He does benefits. The guy's in need. So fucking do your thing. All right. Smarten up and do the right fucking thing. Don't worry. Why, why are you whispering? You, are you uh, whispering on a microphone? All right, let's open up the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in a fucking building in Manhattan. He's open up regular. This is the podcast from Rap Bones Living Room. Yeah, it's all right. That's what we do. We're in those fucking studios. Oh, yes, but can I have, can I have yes, one? Yes, yes. I'm allowed to? Wow, it's weird. You know, this, isn't it weird how... I feel like I'm doing We're something... We're going to get Dean Martin in here now. I feel like I'm doing something wrong when I'm smoking inside of a house. Isn't that you weird? You should really have a call-in feature and do it live. You should get up see, on that, man. See, that would be cool, but... Once, I, once a month or, one, or every in between every six episodes, do a live broadcast. But I would have to have a guest on with me, though. I right don't do. I don't want to do... The only one that I've ever done where it was a phone conversation was... My boy Tim Anderson Jr. from the Ill Street News Podcast, who I never really said it out loud. I don't think I did, but on the podcast. But support that dude and his podcast because he's the guy that puts the intro and whatever edits have to be done on my podcast. So shout out to Tim Anderson Jr. and the Ill Street News Podcast. I mean, oh, yeah, you support Bones, everybody's look, podcast, Rap, Rap really. Bones is nice. He's like a nice guy. He's support like, I can smoke, po- smoke in his living room. Yeah, he's got, got me a nice bottle of Come water. On, look at that. keeps me hydrated. Good shit. So what else is going on, Bones? You know, uh, I've got my uh, vintage toy line going over there That's at right. Generation get, Records. All right. Generation uh, Records. What is that? What's the address? 210, 210 Thompson Street. 210 Thompson. I know it's Thompson Street. 210 Thompson Street here in the city. New York City. Generation Records. Street. In the basement, I have about, you know... One of the last remaining... collectibles down there. That, you know, Mark's helping me get rid of my stuff, you know. The stickers, I'm stealing two of them. Yeah, go ahead. But, uh, you know, Christmas is coming. Buy some toys. What can I say? Yo, I saw you posted that you got something. You got... I've got two locations, actually, for my vintage toy line. Oh, look at that. Rap got, my T-shirts are also available... In Bushwick, Brooklyn. Where? Uh, that is 300 Knickerbocker Avenue All in right. Bushwick. It's easy to get to off the L. It's right around the corner from my boy's tattoo shop, uh, Pete from Do or Die Tattoo. Okay. That's right there also. Pitch him too. But, uh, yeah, you know, they got my T-shirts over there. They got, you know, my collections over there too. There's pieces you can ask them what pieces are rap bones if you're interested in buying them. Uh, really nice guys, Biz and Pat. 
over there, and uh, we got Mark over at Generation Records pitching us over there. And uh, my really, really good stuff is at Generation Records. It's a little right. pricey, but it's really high-end collectibles you can't get anywhere. Okay. You know, and I keep myself busy doing that. And I got my own little company, big deal. I got a little window washing company that I do to keep me busy in the neighborhood with my kids at school. Dude, that's fucking cool, man. making money in my pocket all the time. Listen, you and, gotta uh, stay hustle, busy, man. you know? Hustle. That's what you all fucking do, right? Yeah. So, you know, ain't nothing fucking wrong with that. So don't say big deal like it's really I mean, awesome. I, haven't, I haven't been doing anything musically. Uh, the bad thing, I've done so many bands. I was in Ironbound with Tommy for a minute. Doing side Ironbound NYC? Yeah, you know, there was a very short thing. I, I remember that band. I hope uh, Tommy's doing good. I know he wasn't doing too well a while ago. You know, we're getting up there. We're like, you know, you get ailments and shit. It's just a different... Not ailments. Sick. Sick. People are sick, you know, at our age. So that's why it's, you know, get out and live. Get, you know, I'm a get out and live kind of person. Right. You know, go to a show, go to a local show. That's why I love New York. We're spoiled in New York. There's always a local show. There's always something good playing. Like Fierce playing this weekend. Sick of it all. They're playing on a boat on the 22nd. Yes. Agnostic Front are playing. It's like every weekend, once a month, you get this hammer of all these bands. You can just go relive that. It's pretty nice. A lot it's of good spoiled. shit coming out, too, man. New Sick of It All records coming out. New Wisdom and Chains dropped. Terror record. Fucking so much good shit, bro. So much good shit. Oh, I went to CHR the other night. He was I saw really those good. pictures. He was really good. I mean, he was bad. He wasn't better, but I liked the Bowery Electric set a little better because they played for like an hour and 45 minutes straight. Like, he played for like an hour and 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then like took like a 10 minute break. Does he, he doesn't came. do any bad brain shit, does he? He does a few bad brains. Uh, I actually got the set list right here. Oh, you jacked the set list? Yeah. I, do, I do that all the time when I can. And HR, I didn't like that autograph he gave me. I have to say that. I, 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 you say it to him like he's going to listen to this? No, no, he might. You never know. Yeah, I, I told him. I told him. I'll look, look. I'll right when he got done playing. Right there. when he gets done. Look, he did uh, Leaving Babylon. Okay. He did I Love A Ja. He did Youth Man Sufferer. He did I and I Survive. Okay. And ja, and shame in the game. Like he 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 did he, he did, didn't do fucking did toxic times though. He did twenty two songs though. Like that's like unheard of for band. Like that's awesome. Man. He's fucking rocking out, man. Yeah. So HR's still good at, for his age. He's amazing. I mean, you know, I I never talk smack about HR's mentality. Get it? Because I've Why always looked. Eh, some people do it. They get away with it a little bit. They say it, but you know what? I then I when people say something like that, I judge their their brain yeah. uh, all of a sudden because right. I'm like, that's a forefather of this thing. That when we had no direction, he paved the way for a lot of things and right. just really had that attitude that we all need to have in life. The PMA wouldn't be there without him. All that shit. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the phony PMA. I'm oh, talking God. about the real that gets you through the day. Yeah. Like, Bro, sucks, the fucking, you can make it another the day. The fucking PMA. expression PMA at this point yeah. gives me fucking douche chills. Yeah. Don't be talking about PMA. Sometimes those are shit. the worst people. They're the oh, most negatron people, the ones that are always fucking preaching some other shit. You know, it's it's like if HR says it, I get it. If John Joseph says it, I get it. If fucking Toby Moore says it, I get it. But then every, uh, PMA, this PMA, shut up. Any, anything shut becomes up. like a trend and everybody was supposed to be down. Oh my God, man, stop it.
Yeah, it gives me douche chills at this point. Sorry, but is that not a positive mental attitude? No, it is. It's being having a realistic. I attitude. think we call it positively negative in the back of the day. There you go. The terminology for there that. There you go. There's a band called <laughs> There's a band called Please Die from Philly, and I have one of their shirts. They're a great band, bunch of great guys. And on the on it's the logo on the front. And on the back, it says. It just says, please die, fuck your PMA. And it was hysterical because I'm walking with my girlfriend, Nikki, and we're right by, where's Stomp down here? Uh, it's like Second Avenue yeah, or yeah. whatever. So me and her were walking, and I see who I see, like 20 feet away from me, I see John Joseph. I'm like, yo, what's up? Oh, well, he's like, yo, how you doing? And I'm walking away from him, and I'm wearing that shirt, not even realizing. I'm like halfway across, and he's like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, that shirt. I'm like, what's the matter? You don't like it? He's like, nah, I'm not a pussy. I don't care. <laughs> and he laughed, and he, like, he was with his girl, and he tapped. He's like, look, it says fuck your PMA. And I was like, of course, of all people I got to bump into in the city wearing that shirt, it's <laughs> you with fuck your PMA. But he laughed about it because he's a real guy and he's not a fucking yeah. you know uh, offended by a fucking t-shirt <laughs> yeah of all the fucking people yeah I mean you know you go out you, you you can't have expectations when you go out like I went to CHR the other night and like you know it happens every time I go to see this guy it gets me really pissed I almost almost got on the mic I was like a second away from like getting on the mic and being like yo douchebags in the back well, the music's fucking playing because, like, his music's reggae, so yeah. it has low points, very slow, and you're up there vibing with it, and you hear the whole room in the back talking, and people yeah. are looking at this because they only come for the 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 allure of ooh HR. Yeah. As soon as you see a room half full of bad brain shirts, you're like, all right, you already know you're in a room full of posers. Like, yeah, fuck, it's man. like stop it. But it's like. <laughs> Show some respect, man. It's like got me pissed off, and that happens at every show I go see of his. It's like five songs in when he's really hitting stride and really going for his. Uh-huh. People like whipping at the cell phones and they're trying to hog the room in the front, like they're not uh-huh. even looking. It's weird, man. People are a strange breed. Yeah, man. yeah. Now fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Do your fucking thing. Leave me alone. Even thing. even the other night, I got to feel like what it's like to like get assaulted like by by what? someone like me, kind of like. But the guy, <laughs> this is the thing: the asshole waited to like the last two songs to come like in the front and like try to like start like waving his fist uh, and like push over. I've been standing there already for like most of the holes end of the set. Yeah. So it's just like feeling this guy's vibe, like, dude, fucking don't. Get, what are you so excited for, my? But I get it because I. I might be really super excited and everyone else is just like kind of vibing on the music and then boom, like a, something balls them and their life's over. I get it. But yeah. he wasn't like that. He was just annoying. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you wait till the last song and now you're going to come get all hype with it, dude. It's funny, man. People are funny. Yeah. People are clowns. I fucking, I, you know what? I, I really try not to pay any attention. I mean, I'm going to try to go see Fear this week. I'm excited to see 40th anniversary right over here at Gramercy. Uh, Black Iruhu reggae joint, old school original reggae is playing on September uh, 18th. This will already be gone by the time this comes out, maybe, but whatever. Nah, well, mm, I don't know. I'm doing something tomorrow. And I don't know if that's going to come out first. I might be doing... I'm doing something tomorrow, guaranteed. And then I'm possibly doing something Wednesday morning. So the one Wednesday might come out first. And then the one I do tomorrow is probably going to come out. And then this one... I don't know. I got to see. There's, uh, you know, there's fluctuating schedules with people. So, I mean, they're happening. But I don't know what's come, coming out when. It all depends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So what else we got? What else, what else? <laughs> I, I had a feeling I'm looking at you like, uh, what else we got? I mean, do I want to go back to tell stories? Yeah, tell some stories. Tell some more story. Jersey stories. Did I tell the story about uh, the one morning I used to stay at this kid, Tommy Southern's house from Souls of the K. Also plays in a band called. He was in Godsmack. He plays in a band called Solace. An amazing guitar player. It's my homeboy. Like he lived in Island Heights, and that's where like the whole crew used to hang out. All the practices of the bands used to be. Lately, used to practice there. I had a, a short-lived band there one afternoon, you know, like Short Eyes <laughs> demo. We made the Short Eyes demo. Short Eyes. That was the name of the band, Short Eyes, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, was, Short was, Eyes, that's a pedophile. You call a pedophile Short Eyes, get it? They're looking at the oh, first Oh, I didn't even know that. that. old school shit. With the Willie Bobos. We used to have the Willie Bobo uh-huh. click. It was uh, me, this guy Richie Rap, Rich Beatty. Tommy was in the Bobos. Jimmy Tobin was in the Bobos. We had like six of us. We were heavy mad dog drinkers and like the cheapest 12 pack of beer yeah. we could find kind of guy. Like if it was a dollar ninety-seven for a 12 pack, we'd get two of them. Like we were nuts, you know, drinking. Hey, yeah, uh, listen. Down in Bay Bay Beach. But what was I going with that? What was I going with? Oh, all right. I live with Tommy Southern. Right. And Tommy, those are some of the iconic, like, there was one time a riot in his house where, like, all the bands were playing. Bands came from Pennsylvania. It was, like, uh, Neurotic Impulse, Lethal Aggression, Sinn Féin, Social Decay, all playing in Tommy's basement. And it was, like... The holiday it was like Fourth of July weekend. His parents went away, so like it was total. The whole house was like full of kids, you know. Yeah. And uh, Saltarelli, I was right there when the shit jumped off. When everything jumped off, Saltarelli was had a beer, and he was standing by the basement steps. And a cop, one cop, came up, and we didn't realize like patrol cars were swooping in front of the house at this point. Like, so uh, the cop asked John to see his ID, and John Saltarelli was like, "Yo, you can see my ID, but you can't see my name," you know. That's me. That's my age. That's my face. That's my ID. And he wouldn't let the cop see his name, so the cop got pissed. And he grabbed John by the hair. John had long hair. He grabbed him by his hair and by his throat and dragged him across the lawn. And that, like, set everybody else. Like, Eddie, Eddie Bapo hit the cop, I think. So then the cops got on him. And then uh, they had a couple. I let John out of the back of the cop car, like, up by the front. Once they got people in the cars, like, I let John out of the back of the cop car. And then I tried to walk away, and the cop seen me. So he put me on the car, and I had rolling papers on me and, like, nothing else. And he's like, oh, what are these for? Nah. And I was like, what do you think they're for, you know? You should have like, told him it's to smoke pot later with your wife. He goes, what do you think if I run you in for disease? I go, well, what do you think if I ran? And I ran on him, right? So <laughs> nice. I ran up the block, and I ran down the block, down the hill, and I had like eight cops chasing me, and I made it all the way down a long block, up the block again, and then back up a street that was like Tommy's back of his yard, went down a long hill. It was a big hill. Right. So it was like like Rocky with all my friends cheering me on and stuff and I, they weren't trying to hurt me to cops I mean they were throwing batons at me and stuff there was nightclubs going by my head as oh, I was running shit. and they finally tackled me and I, I got down I let them handcuff me up and then they, they took us all to jail we were singing lethal aggression songs the whole time and shit like giving yeah. them total hell the whole time we were locked up they let us all out yo but that made the papers like fucking that was nuts man like six of us went to jail but um, there's a couple famous photos of that with John getting grabbed by the neck, like on one of the Lethal records. I think it's out there. But 
Yeah, those are crazy times, man, living with Tommy. And I lived in a... Dennis Paris, I started getting hip to me, like, staying there. I was staying in the basement, and I'd come in from shows all dusted and all drunk and puking on the fucking house and uh, everything, like, crazy. Yeah. And I could hear his parents up there saying... Like, one time, I'll never forget... These are crazy stories, now. Only rap bones can tell stories like this. Tell them, rap bones. I'm going to close this. I right? was so dusted one night, I came in his basement, and I crawled across the floor. I'm crawling in the dark. Oh. And I could just see, like, the crack of the light from the door of the basement of his house, like, went up into their kitchen. Right. And I'm trying to make it to the couch. And I finally make it to the couch, and I'm laying on my back. And my body, because I was dusted, like kind of astral projecting. Yes. I saw, I saw myself go up between the crack of the floor to the light. And as I went through it, I could see the rooms and I could see his mother and father and the like yeah. mental shit. Like Dude, I, I was t- dusted, but I, I literally I've never forget. I've gone on dust trips like I that never too. It's like you're on a like planet. The light took me up into each room and I, I could see the room and then I'd go up to the other room and then I was dusted on the couch really late yeah. like, trying not bro, to die bro, what the fuck is in that shit that makes that shit but anyway Tom, Tommy, Tommy's parents I think had enough of this crazy guy living in their basement or whatever so they told him like your friend can't stay here so I tried to like stay away from there some nights and I there was like a dock it's Island Heights, New Jersey, people. I don't know if you know Island Heights. It's like a fan. It's a nice town, you know. We were just derelicts from this one. It's like the Adams Family house on the corner that all these crazy punk rockers hung out. And uh, I found along the, the water, you could walk, and there was like a, a, a walkway. It was like a cliff, sand. Face The face of the cliff was sand, hard right. sand. But there was a walkway up there. And at one spot, there was like a huge cutout. There was like a cave in there. You could get your body in there. And I used to have one of those because I was homeless back then. I would be anywhere I could go right. lay down. I would go sleep. Sure. So I had one of those orange uh, mummy bags, those old sleeping bags that are like a mummy bag where just your face sticks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was in there sleeping one night and... Uh, all of a sudden, someone Kenny from pulled, South Park popped in my head. No, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, my buddy Dave Gutierrez like came to check on me down by the water, you know, and he and he pulls me out on the sleeping bag, and I had a big pile of dirt on my chest, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yo, what's with the dirt, man, on your chest? I was like, I don't know. I brushed it off, and I got out of the bag, and I'll never forget. I put my I put my shoes on, my boots on, and back then, when your when your boots would wear away, the nails would poke out of yes. the heel, so they were so old, and I had those nails, and I went to put my boots on, and like I stepped down on the nails, and I was like, fuck, and I took the boots off, and I threw them into the water, and me and Dave laughed at that, right, and as soon as we laughed at each like you're nuts, or you just threw your boots away. Yeah, you had no shoes. On. The cave collapsed, dude. The whole <laughs> cave had collapsed, dude. Like this, as we were laughing, we both heard like the ground go, and we turned around, and where the path was, there was a huge, giant, gaping hole in the path, and the whole cave has collapsed. If Dave hadn't come and pulled me out. I might have been it. That might have been the end of the rap on story. There'd be no rap interview on happening fucking right died now. in the fucking collapsing yeah. cave. And then to make <laughs> that story fuck? better, to make that story better, that's when I found the. Uh, that's when I started staying with my friend Rich Beatty, and I met Stickman, I right. met Billy Jeffers, and I met Gary Gnu, who is Stickman's brother. 
and uh, if you don't know who Stickman is, you're fucking what rock you're living under. The yeah. singer of Fury of Five, now yeah. of 25, the life singer. Yeah. Had a band called Locked Up in Life and Position of Power. Box That's been it. my home me forever, you know? Yeah. He literally, when I met him and his brother, he was divorcing his wife and they were living in a uh, complex. Billy Jeffers' sister let him stay with her and she moved, so he got kicked out, but he went somewhere. But Jimmy and Gary Gnu got kicked out also because he got a fight with his wife or something like that. So I was staying with Billy Jeffers, and every morning Billy Jeffers' sister had to go to work. So I had to like walk over to this kid Richie Beatty's house. Richie was much older than all of us. Like he was the one that was already hip to all the shit, right. turning us onto yeah. it. This skater guy, Richie Beatty. And he lived right across the street from Tom's River High School. So, like, that was a thing to make half pipes in his yard. And so I would hang out with these people. And uh, one morning I was walking over to Richie's house. And Richie was the best friend because I had comic books right. at the time. Like, three paper bags full of shopping bags full of comics. Richie emptied out one of his drawers so I could put... Like, that's real yeah. friendship, yo. Like, yeah, he'd man. let me crawl in his window and sleep on his floor until his mom made us breakfast every morning kind of shit. Oh, like, that's cool. And he let me keep my comic books in his drawer. It was cool, you know? At least I had some more for my comics. And uh, so one morning, it was super hot. I was, like, really tired. Like, I couldn't make it to Richie's. And I would walk through a U-Haul lot every day. And right. there was a door that was a little cracked open. And I looked in there and was like... Yo, I could see this happen. I just passed out in there, right? So, like, that week, instead, I didn't have to be a bother to nobody no more. I had the U-Haul now. Tuesday night was garbage night when everyone threw out their furniture, couches, and bedding and shit. Yeah. I got a mattress, a dresser, a couch, two couches, a love seat and a couch. And then I had the dresser, and then I had my, my mattress in the front of the thing. So I had the U-Haul going. Well, that's when all that was going, and we were smoking dust in there, and we had regular kids from all over the neighborhood coming to party there. We had a big pile of like all the stuff we used to go steal 7-Eleven. The girls, I had a fur jacket, and I'd wear it with no shirt, with long johns, and these boots with nails that stuck out of your toe, <laughs> and my mohawk, and we'd go across the DHS just was coming out. TVs okay. with DHS was the big thing, yeah. and they'd you'd be able to rent them at the 7-Elevens. So we'd go into the Seven no Eleven and like they'd let us steal nachos and sit and watch the movies and shit. They were cool with us. They didn't care. Took a burrito and we just ate it in front of them and everything. Yeah. So we had a big pile of all the stuff. They'd let us steal anything we wanted. So we had boxes and wrappers of Slim Jims and Pringle cans and milk uh, Nestle's chocolate quick and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Piles of garbage and behind my U-Haul fucking. So then Gnu and Jimmy get kicked out and they come start staying in my U-Haul. So I'm like, fuck, I'm getting like, oh, there's too many people in this fucking U-Haul yeah. now, man. If I can't take this shit. So I got another mattress and I put it in the U-Haul next door to that one. So they were living in my old U-Haul. I had already moved on. I had a nice, I'll never forget, I had like Where a, is this location? This is Route 37, Towns River, New Jersey, okay. heading towards Seaside. Okay. There's a U-Haul lot is still there. And okay. when Salt died and I went down there for his thing, yeah. we went to the U-Haul lot and everything, me and my friend. She threw me over there. So, 
the U-Haul days were like the bomb. That's when I found the thousand dollars to get my neck tattooed. Like a lot of it cruxes at the U-Haul time. That's okay. when I saw the Bad Brains with Flipper at ten eighteen club, and I took everybody because I just found the thousand dollars. I was buying people Doc Martens and tattoos. Where'd you find a thousand dollars? Just walking over to the store one night. We were all walking. I seen a big envelope on the ground, and I picked it up, and it was all full of fucking money. I was like, oh, I gave everybody with me twenty bucks right there. Like, yeah, I was just bugging. We were bugging well, all for yeah. a good time, you know. Of and then we went and bought stuff that night. The girls were like, where'd you get all that money? I had like 1200 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I got my neck tattooed for 200 bucks only back then. That's pretty cheap, yeah. you know? But uh, those were great times, man. Fucking Jersey Crew, man. That's where a lot of it, a lot of the real hardcore began because of the Ludacris and the Crumb Suckers and all that. Yeah. I mean, we were part of it all. Every weekend you had to get up to CBs, even though we were down there. You we know? made it. Always. Fucking good times. times. Good times. Did I tell the whole story? Did I did, you? right? I, I don't know. I You're the one with the story. I don't know the story. I'm hearing this for the first time myself. Oh, I had a chicken coop at that time, too. <laughs> Another one. Before, because there was a road to the U-Haul lock at it. Okay. There was a road of me, like, there was the Ocean County Mall, right? And everybody went to the Ocean County Mall, so we'd go up and down that street in Tom's River hitchhiking. Okay. And the same thing, one time I just walked off into the woods and I found a chicken coop. It was like a long chicken coop that was like broken up and the screens were down and everything. And there was vines growing through the whole thing. But if you walk through it, through that nasty part, there was a whole back room chicken coop that opened up that had a nice roof. And it had a big hole in the roof and I'll never forget, I put the mattress underneath the hole and everyone was like, why are you putting the mattress under the hole bro I was like yo so when I'm laying at night I can look up and see the stars motherfucker <laughs> like I was living the life back oh we didn't know it was messed up and basically really all I am I wasn't this nomad I was some runaway from Brick County Jersey right. just like running over to Tom's River yeah. wiling out of some other kids houses right. so it isn't as Bad as it sounds, it sounds. No, it sounds pretty it's fun. It's up, like yeah. I got the name Ratbones from living in in a skateboard ramp, like because right. I was rat until then. Right. You know, from the heavy metal. When I met all these people, it was all evolving into you know yeah. the glory that it is now, right? Yeah, the glory. The nothing that it is now. The glory. <laughs> The legendary rap bones. I mean, I've done crazy shit. Had fun. We had fun being punk rock, you know? Well, yeah. If whole somebody had point. a skateboard ramp in their backyard, like, that was where everyone would go. Like, yeah, and you could live in it. Absolutely. <laughs> and you could live in this. I don't know. I mean, maybe kids got friends like that nowadays, but I don't. No, I don't, I don't think so. People don't want to know from nobody no more. Me For either. the most part. Yeah, no, same here. It's fucking crazy. Well, this was so, uh, what else you want to hear about? What else do I got going on? I don't know. Talk, talk the about cat, it. The cat's had kittens. You guys want to meet Luke? You want me to pull Luke out here and tell him what he's into? My son. Yeah, I got bring, my son. I got my wife over here. Bring out Luke. Call him. Hey, Luke. Why? He'll get shy. You want to say hi? Yeah. Say hi to everybody. Hi. Say who you are. Say who you are, that's all. Who are you? Who are you? Luke. Luke. And who's your dad? Who's your dad, Luke? Ratbones. And what is Ratbones known for? Mm. King of the Mosh Pit. King of the ah. Mosh Pit, nice. <laughs> are you one day going to be like your dad and be King of the Mosh Pit also? 
He's going to pass the torch to you. What do you think about the future of music, Luke? You think it's going to be good? You want to rock in a band? You do? Who's your favorite band? Do you have a favorite band? Kiss. Kiss. Oh, right. Oh, the Apple don't fall far, huh? No. How about any hardcore punk rock bands? You like any of that stuff? Yeah, who do you like? What's your hardcore band, Luke? Twisted Sister. <laughs> Twisted like, Sister. Well, they were punk stuff. back in the day. It was punk as hell. <laughs> we're raising them right. All right. Twisted Sister was all right. That, that was one of the first bands that ever got me on the path that I went to. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry, Changed My Life, Kid. And Motley Crue said, you just looked you, at me Luke. like, yeah, whatever. Thank you. Thanks Keep for coming on. on. Thanks for coming on the Thank show, you. Luke. <laughs> all right. So that's my beautiful boy. These that's basically what I do all day. Uh-huh. And uh, hardcore is always going to be hardcore with or without me. That's the beauty of getting old. You realize that too. Like, you know, That's it. It's a thing. It'll always continue. Plays change. Sounds change. But there's still a lot of people from way back in the day that are still in it. That's the whole deal. It should become a party and not a fucking trend. No? How do we end big here, Jimmy? What are we going to do for the people? End big? I don't know how we end big. I don't See, have I'm a big star. I like I, to I, end big. Oh, I, I need to fucking have know. props and shit. You don't got no smoke bombs or some flash <laughs> grenades or something? Do you have any match Do we have any entrance music or anything? You know, you have... <laughs> <laughs> What's up, kid? No, I don't have no fucking triumphant <laughs> ending. Triumphant ending. Are we allowed to play music now? You guys want to hear some of my favorite bands? Well, you can no, name I'm bands, playing, and I'm if you playing. want, at the end of this, I could tack on a song at the end of the episode. I'm just saying, check out Lethal Aggression. It's one of my favorite bands of all time. Of course, the Bad Brains are my second favorite band. All right. I mean, so you know what? What I'll do is, I will uh, name a couple of Lethal Aggression songs. And I will get one of those one of those files, and I'll have Tim well, Anderson Jr. from the Illustrators podcast edit this, and we'll tack it on the end ooh, of this episode. That sounds good. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. No scene is a good song. No scene by Lethal Aggression. Yes. So that's how we're going to end it off. And if it's not no scene, that means I couldn't get it. But from now, yeah. So that's how we'll close. No scene. No scene. See you around. No scene. Right. <laughs> you better bring a scene next time you come around. That's right. You won't be here. <laughs> Rap owns, my man. Yo, it's been good talking to you, and I hope you all enjoy your fucking day. Yes, we'll do this again. (laughs) No C from Lethal Aggression. Get hip. We're over here now. If you want to have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no scene. If you want to have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no scene. If you want to have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no scene. If you want to have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no scene. All I do is go to the rap stand. All you heard about is you're looking out of gas. We fun slam and have a good time. If you don't get into it, fuck the fucking fine. If you wanna have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no. If you wanna have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no. See, if you wanna have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no. If you wanna have a scene, then you gotta make a scene. If you don't make a scene, no. All I do is dump jokes to the rap stand. All you worry about is you're looking out of gas. We just wanna slam that out. If you don't get into it, you're much fucking fine.